Hello, I'm Eddie French, and you might recognise me from such icy news noises as... <coughs> Daddy! And who could forget... <coughs> well, the good news is, is that I now have my own podcast. It's called Pick Scraped, and it is a fortnightly sketch show uh, made entirely by me. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Thank you. Pick Scraped. You're listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. Boris Johnson says he isn't worried about the jobs gap and spiralling price rises, claiming that they are all part of the birth of our new high-wage economy. Whether these are genuine labour pains or simply Brexit Hicks contractions remains to be seen. Yeah, I know, I hated it as soon as I wrote it. If I have to suffer, so do you. Dominic Raab reveals in clumsy comments that he doesn't actually understand what misogyny is, but the Deputy Prime Minister does hope that misogyny will be reassured by the moves the Conservatives are now making to really get a grip on violence against women. As few as 27 European HGV drivers apply for short-term visas as part of the government's plans to ease the supply chain crisis, as a former boss of Tesco is appointed to solve it. 27 might not seem like much, but according to Sir David Lewis, every little helps. And finally, the Sovereign Wealth Fund of Saudi Arabia completes its takeover of Newcastle United, as a theocratic regime with authoritarian tendencies that oppresses women, funds terrorism and murders journalists seeking to whitewash its international reputation, still somehow fails to make Mike Ashley look good in comparison. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore, and you're listening to another episode of IC News. Who owns us? Nobody knows, because they purchased our very souls through an offshore shell company and then buried the paperwork in an interminable tangle of tax loopholes. But they are rich, so don't you worry your pretty little head about it. You've got bigger things to worry about, like whether or not you're going to freeze to death this winter. It's been a bleak old week for news here in Earth Prime's Britain, as people up and down the country stare down the barrel of cost-of-living increases that threaten to plunge millions into economic hardship. Personally, I quite liked my energy provider, because they offered a competitive monthly rate and prioritised renewable energy. But having just received the email about my recalculated monthly bill, I'm now willing to switch over to any old cabal of war criminals and or radioactive mega-nonces generating their power by burning dolphin hides in old tractor tyres. But hey, at least my newfound and spectacular lack of financial ethics is driven by the simple requirement of my own survival. Rather than a desire to conceal my ill-gotten gains and links to corporate and political power, as I hoard wealth in a fist tighter than a mosquito's bumhole. There were no such excuses for the world's richest and most powerful this week, as another leaked trove of confidential financial papers exposed yet more questionable conduct by the upper echelons of our plutocratic classes. Joining us in the studio today to discuss the revelations of the Pandora Papers, it's Alison June-Smith. Hi Sam, thanks for having me. It's been another shocking week of explosive financial revelations about the behavior of the world's richest and most powerful people. 
This is the third set of enormous leaks we've had, after the Panama and Paradise Papers, and the third time is definitely the charm. The conclusions are clear, the facts are undeniable, and the truth is now as clear as day. You've heard it here at IC News First, everyone. Bears do, indeed, shit in the woods. They shit right up in there. They don't even dig a hole. They just straight up shit right there on the ground in the middle of the woods. Who'd have thought it? Right, I get it. You're being glib, but there are some very real issues to discuss here. And that's not all, listeners. The Pandora Papers have revealed once and for all that not only do bears shit in the woods, but the Pope is also a Catholic. What's more, the grass is indeed green as fuck. Dolly Parton sleeps on her back, water is wet, and the world's uber-rich and powerful are a bunch of conniving assholes who will do anything to hide their wealth and avoid paying tax. I am shocked to the very core, I tell you. I cannot wait for governments the world over to respond to this scandal promptly and move to address this issue with tax reforms and legislation that closes the loopholes in our financial laws. Do you think that's likely? No, Sam. You know it just as well as I fucking do. These leaks are outrageous, but now they happen every other year and nothing ever changes. The super-rich keep getting richer, our politics and democracy are increasingly poisoned with dark money, inequality widens every single day, and nothing fucking happens. If you're an everyday rube with a standard job, you may as well just kick back and enjoy the ride as best you can. The richest assholes on the planet police themselves and lobby to influence the very systems that are supposed to hold them to account. Our economy will never be anything other than totally lopsided. Our property market will never stop being a laundrette used to wash the filthy money of criminal gangs and corrupt political figures. And our politicians will never willingly untether themselves from the taint of foreign and corporate lobbyists posing as harmless campaign donors. Just face it, Britain. We are utterly fucking powerless. And the people who represent us have no interest in fixing the situation. Once you accept that reality, it's actually kind of freeing. That freedom makes stuff you previously considered unthinkable far easier to stomach. Like drinking at work, for example. Is that a mojito? Ha! Yes! Welcome to Panama, baby. Let's face it, Sam. It's not trickling down any other way. Alison, look, I do understand the sense of despondency that inevitably comes in the face of yet more revelations like this. But there has to be some hope that leaks like the Pandora Papers can enact real change. (sighs) Not a chance, buddy. Why would it? Most of this shit isn't even illegal. It's just utterly morally unjustifiable, and nobody gives a rat's ass about that anymore. We just shrug our shoulders and let it happen. Do you know what we need? We need a wealth cap. A point you can hit at which we all get to say, Hey pal, well done. That's enough. No seventh yacht for you, you cheeky fucking piglet. 
Yeah, I'm just not sure that's a realistic expectation, Alison. Oh, yeah? And why not? You can't just limit what people can earn. Isn't the whole argument of capitalism that you don't drive innovation by punishing success? Well, clearly there's a point at which you're so fucking successful that the only thing left to innovate on is your taxes, or your dodgy property portfolio, or your campaign contributions to the politicians that helped you out with both of them. It's like, what's that thing? With the snake eating its own tail? An Ouroboros? Yeah! Except it's not eating its own tail, is it? It's sucking its own dick and earning interest. And all the other snakes are doing it too. And it's a whole pit of big, hoopy, dick-sucking snakes all high-fiving each other with their non-existent little snake hands. I'm starting to think we really ought to employ a qualified financial expert as a correspondent. Well, I'm starting to think that I'm still thirsty. So I'm going to go and get myself another drink. Do you want one? Well, actually, looking at my gas bill this month, I can't really afford to... You know what? Fuck it, yeah. I'll have a gin and tonic. Yes! There's my boy. I'm Allison June Smith. And as the rich drive us further into the ground, I'm driving to Oddbins, reporting for IC News. Right, well, there we have it. It's... Hardly surprising, given the sheer scale of corruption and moral bankruptcy that these leaks tend to reveal, but it is unfortunate that it can leave so many of us feeling so utterly powerless. Hang on, fuck, did she say driving to odd bins? <laughs> fuck you, Jeff Bezos! <laughs> oh dear. Well, from one pit of disingenuous corrupt vipers to another it is then, as this week also saw the annual Conservative Party conference in Manchester. It was an event marked by Boris Johnson's trademark upbeat jingoism, as he singularly failed to mention even one of the many financial crises looming for Britain's poorest families this winter. He chose instead to focus on joking about beavers and Britain's newly emerging high-wage economy. You know the one, the one that so far only really emerged for HGV drivers, more or less as a direct result of the pandemic and exacerbated by the self-inflicted wound of Boris Johnson's poorly delivered Brexit deal with the EU. Yeah, you know, that high-wage economy. The one that will drive inflation as the increased costs in Britain's supply chain get pushed onto consumers, many of whom will have their financial losses compounded by public sector pay freezes, or the cut of the £20 universal credit uplift, or national insurance tax rises, or soaring energy bills. But still, beavers, am I right? Oh, fucking hell. Here's our slavishly bootlicking correspondent Sebastian Forlock, reporting directly from the conference itself. smell that, Manchester? Finally, you're being treated to some rarefied air. A short, sharp breeze of genuine class to blast away the stench of chip fat and booze-laden urine. 
the Conservative Party Conference is once again treating you to a glimpse of your southern betters, and here, within its hallowed walls, behind the security gates and temporary fences keeping out the gurning proles, is the vision needed to lead our great country to its beautiful new dawn. And do you show them gratitude, Manchester? Do you treat them with even a baseline level of respect? Do you hell? The Conservatives are here to lift you out of the pig shit and serenade you en route to the abattoir, but instead of thanking them, you... you batter them with traffic cones or angrily confront them in the street. The sheer gall of it... I, like so many other right-minded conservatives, was downright horrified to see the clip of Jacob Rees-Mogg being publicly accosted earlier this week. Mr. Rees-Mogg is a man with an indelible record of public service. Can you imagine the shame, the indignity, the embarrassment of being asked to demonstrate his ability and worth like that? by a completely unqualified stranger, no less. To subject him to such a humiliating work assessment, it's disgraceful. These monsters don't understand people like Mr. Rees-Mogg. They have absolutely no empathy for them. Conservative politicians have a basic human right to only have their work abilities assessed by the proper, qualified professionals. If you want to call Mr. Rees-Mogg's skills into question, you have to justify your access to him by donating a million pounds of Russian money to the Tories through a secretive offshore proxy, just like everybody else. Anything else is just uh, discrimination. Plain and simple. And the hostility is not just on the streets. Honestly, any other party would be broken by the seething violence and endless negativity in the air at the moment. Wow, wow, wow. Living standards, the supply chain, goo goo ga ga, cost of living, wah, 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 wah. tax hikes, benefit cuts, I done a poo, wah, bloody wah. You'd think with all of the doom and gloom kicking about from the bullies in the media and the whining pussies in business that it would be hard to strike an upbeat note at this annual conference. Not for a turn with the skill, wit and charm of Boris Johnson. He turned darkness into light, despair into hope, and reality into a glorious stream of absolute bullshit. What a masterclass of political daring-do it was! For too long now, the ghastly Ramonas and the Project Fear hacks have been hopping up and down, wanking themselves into a frenzy, screaming, I told you so, at all of the entirely Covid-related difficulties our economy is currently facing. Maybe some of this is Brexit. They lied, regardless of how passionately we patriots among the Leavers blamed the pandemic. Well, now they're utterly silent, because Boris Johnson has quite rightly pointed out all of these problems are, in fact, exactly what we voted for. 
And if businesses haven't adjusted just because the Brexiteers in government told them that all of these problems would never materialise, then it's their fault for failing to plan ahead. What delicious redirectment. My compliments to the chef. Any of the struggles Britain now faces are nothing like the predictions of Project Fear coming true before our very eyes. Quite the contrary. They are, in fact, just the labour pains of the glorious new high-wage economy Britain is birthing, and the Brexiteers knew about them all along. Not only that, thanks to a few hippies blocking the tunnels and motorways over the last week or so, pretty soon we'll have a raft of tough new laws to punish anyone unpatriotic enough to organise demonstrations protesting otherwise. It's a masterstroke, and one the quibbling navel-gazers in the opposition have no answer to. Well, unless it turns out that blind optimism doesn't exactly save people from their newfound financial misery, that is. But we'll, um, we'll cross that bridge as and when we come to it. Right now, though, I'm here to enjoy the closing parties here at the Conservative Conference. Which, for me, means a return of the old leather suit and some <laughs> rather aggressive limbering up with a pair of anguish. Oh, gosh! I really am rather out of practice. Oh, God, I've missed this. The unbridled eroticism of being treated with such contempt. The thrill of swallowing such fat, meaty lies. The pure sensuality of self-debasement. <laughs> I'm home, daddies. Level me up, please. Level me up so very hard. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is a depressing week. There's got to be something, somewhere out there in the multiverse, some sort of story that isn't just about the grotesque institutional failures of some sprawling and unchallengeable power structure that profits from endless division and continually puts money and PR spin above ethics. On that note, and with that noble aim, here's Tom King on... Oh, for fuck's sake. Facebook like Jodie Comer or Fuel Poverty. It's everywhere these days. It's in our hands, our heads and our hearts. Harvesting our data, monetizing our thoughts and feelings, shaping the way we shop and the way we think. The service that was once long ago started by one creepy dog who just wanted to build a platform for innocently rating the hotness of women has now become an unstoppable beer moth. Social media has come to define our society, and as a result, Facebook now wields a truly terrifying amount of power. This week, the company hit the news for a couple of reasons. On Monday, it suffered a global outage that also saw its sibling services WhatsApp and Instagram go down. For six hours, influencers couldn't sell fake tan from the prow of a yacht. Anti-vaxxers couldn't push horse pills to idiots. And officers in the Metropolitan Police had to make horrifyingly misogynistic jokes face-to-face instead of in an encrypted group chat. It was like the dolphins returning to the canals of Venice in that first lockdown. Peaceful. Beautiful and with absolutely no cunt trying to show you a picture of their dinner. 
We get it, Sarah. You can hassle back a potato. You've made a King Edward look like a radiator for literally no reason. Well done. Um, uh, sorry, uh, I digress. After the outage, we then saw whistleblower Frances Haugen testify before Congress. Her decision to tag herself as the source of revelations about the inner workings of Facebook published last week in the Wall Street Journal has caused a firestorm of headlines, none of which, funnily enough, have appeared on my Facebook newsfeed. In the words of the kids online, Haugen demonstrated zero chill and yeeted Facebook's already questionable ethical reputation into the stratosphere. She described a company drunk on power, one that understands the harms it causes, but chooses to prioritise obscene profits over safety every time. According to her, Facebook harms children, stokes divisions and weakens democracy and it has actively chosen to boost engagement by making its newsfeed function more divisive and provocative. Now, normally, these big tech oversight hearings are an embarrassing affair, with American politicians old enough to remember shitting themselves on the Oregon Trail, blundering their way through questions about algorithms that they can't even begin to understand. Haugen's testimony was different, We saw a genuine insider speaking passionately and eloquently about what so many of us have long suspected. Facebook is actively choosing to monetize the knock-on effects of harmful and addictive content, and it's ignoring the worrying findings of its own internal research. It's a business stance that's hard to stomach, and in search of a solution, I've hopped through the dimensional gate this week and come here. This is Earth Sierra India Catface Aubergine Splash 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 32. And here, Facebook's monopoly power has been broken up by Congress. The resulting shareholder panic collapsed the company completely, leading to the complete disappearance of WhatsApp, Instagram, and of course, Facebook itself. And there was only one man with the vision to rush in and fill the gap in the market. That's right, millennials everywhere. This is a reality where the social media landscape is once again ruled by the iron fist of Tom from MySpace. And it's a much happier affair. Gone! are the conspiracy theories, the alt-right hotbeds of misinformation and the anti-vax propaganda. This is a world without divisive algorithms and corrupt news feeds, where a social media profile is nothing but a moody low-resolution photo and a truly terrible new metal song embedded into an autoplayer that kicks in whenever anyone opens it. And you know what? It's fucking great! How can you hang around on this shit long enough to find yourself drip-fed QAnon nonsense when you've got to read angsty live journal updates and listen to fucking Godsmack? Oh, I hate it! Ah, that's better. A bit of fresh air. Now, if we've learned anything this week, it's that all of us, as social media addicts, need to let a bit of that in. I'm Tom King, and when I've got my laptop out of the garden, I'm going to try and figure out how to make my biotext all sparkly. Reporting for IC News.
Tom's report brings us to the end of an episode that's just been overflowing with warmth and optimism. We'll be back at the same time next week, but until then, we leave you now with the headlines you may have missed. Trump ally Steve Bannon defies a subpoena to provide documents to the January 6th Select Committee as Democrats gear up to really stand up for democracy by threatening to maybe, possibly, ask him a bit less nicely next time. Thanks, sorry, sorry, if you wouldn't mind. Thanks, sorry. Up to 120,000 pigs face culling as Britain continues to struggle with its supply chain crisis, as even our gammon starts to realise that it isn't safe from the impact of Brexit. Chinese President Xi Jinping vows reunification with Taiwan, as Taiwan replies, new phone, who dissident? And finally, Star Trek actor William Shatner is to fly into space on Amazon's Blue Origins rocket. The 90-year-old is set to become the most elderly person to ever fly to space, as he oldly goes where no man has gone before. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you, and goodbye. me, Danny Sutcliffe. I'm here today with a right bargain for you. And no, it's not just the mystery me I've got in the back of my van. Although that is also primo stuff, so meet me behind odd bins and flash your full beams if you're interested. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, we've got a special offer for you. Sign up now as one of our early bird supporters and you can get access to all of our exclusive content for just £2 a month. If you want bonus podcast sketches, compilation episodes and ICU stories, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get them. You've got to be quick though, this deal is limited to the first 500 patrons and they'll get snapped up quick. It's the best way to show your support for the show and you'll be helping us to grow moving forwards. As always, thank you for all of your support and we hope you enjoy the show. And no, it's not badger me. And if Brian May tries to tell you otherwise, he's a fucking liar.